Uh, before we get going, we've been doing something the last few weeks, and we're going to continue. This is week three. We have some world mission partners uh, where we get to send uh, help. We get to send funds. Uh, we uh, are partner with some places all over the world. And as we uh, partner with them and talk to them and receive messages from them, oftentimes they're sending uh, updates to us and they go hey here's what's going on in our world and here's what's happening and one of the things they want to do is they want to make sure that you know if you're a partner partnering with them that God's working and that something's happening with that uh, with that we wanted to make sure that that's not just a one-way conversation we want to make sure that we're an encouragement uh, to the people that we partner with uh, so many of our uh, people that we partner with, our missionaries all over the world in particular, are going through a hard time. We have got four different places that we work with in the world. Um, three of them right now are experiencing uh, severe persecution for their faith. And by that, I mean violent persecution. And uh, with that, we, we don't want to just be praying for them. Uh, we we want to send them a, a message, too, to be able to send a message of hope and encouragement. And, you know, you never know how much power your words have when you encourage somebody and you let them know they're not alone, that there are people that love them and that there are people that are praying for them. And so we've taken the opportunity. We're going to do a little video here. Uh, we're going to pray over our folks in Haiti in particular with Live Beyond. And I don't know if you're familiar or not, uh, or not with Live Beyond. Live Beyond is this amazing organization in Haiti that serves in particular uh, mothers and children. They have a school that they do amazing work in, but they have changed the area uh, in Haiti where they are uh, set up. As a matter of fact, the child uh, mortality rate for moms having children has uh, plummeted. In other words, they are saving lives like you would not believe. It used to be a serious thing to be giving birth to a child in Haiti because of malnutrition. It used to be a very serious thing for your child being born. Uh, very many, a uh, high percentage of them would pass away. And they have changed that uh, in huge ways. So they see like 700 moms a week, uh, pregnant moms and moms of new children, uh, to provide food and to provide all kinds of help for them. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a minute, we're going to say hello to them, we're going to pray for them, and then we're going to send them on their way with a message from a church here in Kerrville where we will say, do you remember, we're, I'm going to point at you, and then you're going to say, God. you do that so well. That's right. He said, this time when I do it, everybody says it because that's our thing. All right? That sound good? Okay, here we go. Say when, Clark. Hello, Live Beyond in Haiti. This is uh, Kerrville Church of Christ, and we just wanted to send you a video and let you know about how we are praying for you, and we wanted to send you a note of encouragement and tell you how thankful we are that we get to partner with such a great organization. We know you're doing amazing things for children. We know you're doing amazing things for moms when they're pregnant all the way through birth and then helping to take care of the kids. Uh, we know that it's hard. We know that you've been uh, facing some persecution. Uh, we want you to know, though, that in Kerrville, Texas, there's a church of people that are praying for you, and we love you, and we thank God for you. And so we would like to pray over you and just send you a message of encouragement. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what's happening at Live Beyond. We thank you for the work that's being done in Haiti. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is active and powerful in a place that needs so much light. And, Lord, we're grateful that you have provided people there to be the light in that area and that that light is shining and that it is clear. We thank you for lives that are being saved. We thank you for uh, mothers and children that are being loved. We thank you for uh, the message of Jesus Christ that's being shared in that place. 
Lord, we ask protection over them. We ask that you would protect them uh, from persecution, that you would protect them from frustration, that you would protect them from fear, and that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit to do your work, and that uh, that whole area would be changed because of your will and because of your power. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this partnership that we have with Live Beyond. And it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. And we would just like to send you another little uh, message of thanksgiving. So, God bless you. From all of us. All right. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Like I said, I, I, I don't think we uh, understand how important that is and what encouragement does for people. It's an amazing thing. So I uh, wanted to mention a couple of other things before we get started tonight. One is uh, the progressive prayer night. If you have not uh, heard about that, let me tell you a little bit about it because I know some people are like, I'm not sure I get it. Let me tell you about it. It's like a progressive dinner, except we're not feeding you four different courses of food. We're feeding you four different courses of prayer. So what will happen is if you sign up for this, and we would like for you to, there's sign-ups right out here at the Hub, uh, you will be assigned to a house to begin at 5 o'clock next Sunday evening. You will be at that house where you will do one type of prayer together as a group. You will be there with a group of people. And then after about 30 minutes, you'll go to another house. And then there will be another type of prayer where you'll be doing prayer of praise. You'll be doing a prayer of thanks at another house. You'll be doing uh, a prayer of transformation. You'll be doing a prayer of listening. So the idea is that while we had 48 hours of prayer here in this building kind of alone, now we're going to go out of this building and we're going to pray in groups. So we want you to be a part of that. You will, you will uh, rotate through four different houses, uh, the Robertsons and the Roses and the Wiremans and the Warners, and we want to welcome you into our home to spend some time praying. And boy, we would really love if you would come uh, to be able to do that. We're looking forward to sharing that time together as a church. This is all part of what we've been talking about in Seeking His Way. If you're new to us or you haven't been here, or you've been a guest, we want to tell you we're in this place right now as a church where what we're looking to do is we're looking to ask our Heavenly Father and go guide us Show us what kind of church you want us to be. Give us, a, give us a vision for what we're supposed to be here in this community. And with this, we want you to know right now, we're in this time of asking him. We want him to tell us. We don't want to get out in front of him. One of the things that can be dangerous is we start getting out in front of the Lord and going, Lord, follow us. We have the ideas of where we're going. And we don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to follow the Lord. We want him to guide us, and we want him to show us how we can be that light on the hill that we're supposed to be here, how we can serve one another, how we can serve this community. So that's something that's been happening with us, and during this time, we've been trying to learn to study, and we've been trying to listen, and we've been trying to see how God works in us, and we started last week on um, a series of sermons on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue that. I want you to know, um, it's really important you know, we're going to do this for a few weeks. Uh, we didn't cover all the Holy Spirit last week. I know that from the number of questions that I got from you, which were wonderful, by the way. Wonderful questions. But one of the things that I've learned with this is that the Holy Spirit is a really interesting topic for a lot of us. And if you're new to us and if you're new to Christianity, you look at this and you go, so you're talking about one God, but you're talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and this doesn't make sense. I get it. It is, in a lot of ways, a mystery. Okay, that we have one God made up of three persons. We're going to continue talking about that, so stay with us while you're here. And for those of us that were raised in Christian homes or in the churches, I want you to know, I know that we carry more baggage than a Southwest flight with this, okay? <laughs> I have heard it from so many different ways, 
of how much baggage we carry. Some of us were raised in such a way that we go, man, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the things that were there, that was the test of whether or not you were actually saved as to whether or not you could manifest these gifts. And on the other hand, we had people that were going, I was scared to death because you called it Holy Ghost, which is frightening, especially for a kid. That's where I was. The idea of a Holy Ghost scared me to death. Uh, and, and you had that, or you had the idea of going, I'm afraid to get too close because I even hear him talk about a sin with the Holy Spirit that can be unforgivable, and I don't know if I did that, and maybe I accidentally did that. We're going to end up talking about all of that, okay? Stay with me, I promise. We're going to spend a few, uh, several weeks on this, and we're going to keep talking about the Holy Spirit. But the main thing I want us to think about today that we started last week was our goal in this, and this was from our scripture last week was 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is a prayer that Paul had for the Corinthian church. And he said, he closed out his letter with what he wants for them. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that's our prayer for this place, is that we understand in our depths the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand the love of God the Father and that we have communion with the Holy Spirit. Even the way that that's put together is the idea of fellowship or communion with the Holy Spirit. In other words, this relationship together. And so we started that last week, and we're going to keep talking about it, and that is our goal. We want, as a church, to be a place that has communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This ongoing relationship where we're able to understand him and we know what he's trying to do in us and we know how to listen to him and we know how to have this relationship. So that is our goal, is communion with the Holy Spirit. It's what binds us together in the same way that we take communion together. When we take the bread and we take the cup, this idea to say we've got this in common and we share this, this goal of what we want to be and who we want to follow, it, that's what we want with the Holy Spirit. We want this communion with the Holy Spirit to say, we have the same mission, the same goals. We have the same desires. And so in this walk with the Holy Spirit, we're being changed, and we are walking with him. We are being filled with him. And let me tell you why this is really important, is our God is a relational God. Everything about the way he works with us is, is relational. The whole idea of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit having this relationship with each other, this idea for him to come into this earth and go, the way that I'm going to do this is I'm going to become human in the flesh. Incarnation is what it's called when he came into this world. Why? So he can have relationship with us. And then Jesus calls us to be disciples, which is a relational thing. And then the Holy Spirit that he gave to us. Why? Because he's relational. It's this guide that we're supposed to have for the rest of our lives for eternity, that we're supposed to be walking together. And we have this relationship with one another because that's who our God is. We are designed and made to walk in fellowship with our God. That's who we are. We are made to commune with him, and he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. So what we want to do is we want to maybe move from a group of people or some of us that move from just tolerating the Holy Spirit to actually loving him. We want to move from being suspicious, maybe, of the Holy Spirit to desiring him. We want to move from showing uh, the idea of him showing up a few spectacular times in our lives that we can tell people about to actually having him as a constant guide with us all the time where he is leading us daily as we walk. That's what we're looking for, right? So here's some of the ways that we're going to do this. 
One is we need to understand the Holy Spirit has a mission, okay? He has got a mission. He is a constant guide, but with purpose. His purpose is not just to be this feel-good guy who does these neat tricks for us in our lives that we can share with people. He is not a personal assistant who's supposed to clear a path for me so that I have an easy life. That's not what he does. The Holy Spirit is not to do my bidding to make sure that I get everything in life. We are not supposed to just be assigning every comfortable and pleasant thing in our lives to the Holy Spirit because that is not his purpose. He's got a mission with him, and we can hear about it in the way that Jesus talks about him. So if you want to open your Bibles there to Acts 1, I know it says Acts 4 in the, the handout there, but we're going to be in Acts 1. Verses 4 through 8. This is Jesus after the resurrection when he comes to his disciples. Okay, so there has been death on the cross. There's been burial. There's been resurrection. And then here's what Jesus tells his disciples. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him, and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit and our relationship with him. Number one is he says, look, here's the deal. Here's your mission. You're going to be my witnesses of the good news, of what you know, of the, this new kingdom where death has been defeated, where sin has been defeated. You are going to be my witnesses of this good news all over the world, but not yet. And this is important to understand, not yet. You're not ready yet, which is really interesting because he says you're going to be my witnesses. And if you have these people that go, we're already witnesses. We saw the empty tomb. We saw the cross. We see you alive. Already witnesses. But what he's promising is to say, you're still not ready yet. You have the information. What you don't have is the power. You don't have the power of the Holy Spirit yet. Once you get that, you will become more than just witnesses who saw something. People more than, than just information that you have. Now you will become testifiers. You will become testifiers all over the world of what's happened. And you need the Holy Spirit for that. He tells them that. You must wait. Don't go out. Not until you understand the Holy Spirit and that he has, become on, he has come on you so that you have that power. The Holy Spirit is necessary for you to do this. Otherwise, it's just a job where you go out and you talk. And Jesus is making it clear to them and to us, you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. You have to have me. It's not optional. We don't get to say, look, I read the Bible, and I know it, and I'm just going to go tell people what it says, because Jesus goes, not enough. You need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Something will change in you when you understand the mission. And when the Holy Spirit comes and guides you into this, you will be a different person. Let me tell you, I, I love the Word of God, and it is complete. You need to know, and it's profitable for every good work. But Jesus said... That's not enough for you. You need to have the Holy Spirit working in you. There's lots of people who know this, but that's not the same as being empowered by the Holy Spirit to go be a testifier, to go tell people. I, I knew growing up stories about the Bible. 
I could quote, you know, I was the preacher's kid, man. I won the Bible bowls. I knew the hard question about Deuteronomy. I could, t- I could tell you those things. That was great. But let me tell you, until I really understood and had the Holy Spirit guide me, I wasn't able to share that in a way where I really cared about your soul. That wasn't something that was a huge part of me. I knew this knowledge. I knew that this is what God did a long time ago. But something different happened when I felt like God said, hey, listen, I'm giving you a job now. You're going to go be a minister. And you're going to go tell people about this. And then, let me tell you, same words, whole different thing. Because now I'm looking at this and going, do you know what? This eternally affects the people that I've given you to love. It's a different thing to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's not just reserved for ministers. We all have this. You've probably been there before where you've read Scripture and you go, I've read this for years, and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, this applies to everything I'm doing. It's like God's saying this directly to me. It's like I'm part of this story. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. And it's awesome, and it's wonderful, and it changes your life. The Holy Spirit's mission is to expand the kingdom of God, to push back darkness in this world. To, to fill the Father's table in every way. And so what he wants to do is he wants to combine your witness, like the apostles, with his power. You take your witness, you take the Holy Spirit's power, and then we've got something. And that's what we want to be as a church. We are people that have knowledge for the most part. We know a lot of things. We've seen some things, we've studied some things. But really what we want is the Holy Spirit to empower us and say, now I'm going to take what you have And I'm going to make eternal differences in the world. Lives will be changed forever through the things that we do. And now, it's it's not in our power. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit to do that, to work through us in such a way. You may have been there before. You may be thinking right now of stories that you've had where maybe you got the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. You let them know who God was and how much that he loved them and how much he cared for them and how free that grace is. And really all you have to do is enter into this. And what happened was eternity changed for a person. I mean, their eternal life changed. Not only that, but maybe generationally for them to where the eternity changed for generation after generation after generation, which God promises through the work of his Holy Spirit with what we do. That's the way that this works. So the mission of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to expand the kingdom of God, and it is not optional. It is necessary. You have to have it. I know sometimes we look at this and follow me, and we go, all you need is the Bible. If all you needed was the Bible, then Jesus would have said, all you need was the Bible. Stay here until they write it down, and then you can read it, and you'll have everything you need. That's not what he said. He didn't say stay here. They had the knowledge And they had the witness. They needed the full, complete, authoritative scripture of Christ, okay, with what happened, their testimony and what they know to be true from what Jesus said, and the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to have both. You cannot just have one without the other. Walking as a disciple and walking by the Spirit is more than knowledge. This is him changing us. It's not enough just to have knowledge because we need to be able to make sense and apply the knowledge and the things that the Lord has said in such a way that it changes the world around us. And the Holy Spirit helps you do that. You know, it's one thing to go, hey, I read, love your neighbor as yourself. No problem. Now all I got to do is go do that. 
Let me tell you, you can't. You can't go do that. Love your neighbor as yourself? Oh, my goodness. You realize how hard that is? You're going to get stuck on who's my neighbor because we all do. Where does that go? Where does that take me? All of the people I interact with, is that the person parks next to me at the grocery store and bumps my car when they open the door? Does that include that? Is that my neighbor? How do I do this? How do I live this out? How do I make sure that the love of Christ is coming out of me? How do I make sure that I get the opportunities to tell people about Jesus, to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life, to be just pouring out with love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness? How do you do that? That's the Holy Spirit does that. He's going to show you how to live out Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And we have to have him. We have to. We have to have him there. It's an important part. We want to be people who are, and I'm going to say this again so that you make sure. I don't want anybody leaving here and going, Scott said the Bible is not enough. I'm not saying that. Okay? The Bible is the complete word of God. It is the authority. And we want to be people that are directed by the word and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We will take this as our direction. This is what he tells us. This is the holy words of our heavenly father in his relationship with us. But we want to be empowered by the spirit to use it. That's how we will put these two things together. It's in your circle of people. It's where the Lord has placed you. It's for us as a church to go, I've put you in Kerrville. I've put you on this hill. I've given you these talents. I've given you this opportunity. Now the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in how to live out what the Bible says in every way. And we need it. And you need to know, more than anything, the Word says you have to have the Holy Spirit too. That's why you can trust it. It's because that's what it says. And they're never in conflict. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God is never in conflict. Never. So our goal is the Holy Spirit's goal if we are disciples. We have the same goal. That's why we can have communion with one another. Is when the Holy Spirit goes, I want to expand the kingdom. We go, that's what we want. I want you to follow the Lord. You go, that's what I want. I want you to deny yourself and pick up your cross and go all in on Jesus. And you go, that's what I want. And that's when we have communion with one another, is letting him guide us every day. Now, how does he do that? And I'm just going to cover something pretty short here, but this is one uh, that, that we need to make sure we get a handle on because how we do that, you need to understand, contains some wisdom. There's some wisdom in this in the way the Holy Spirit operates that we don't get with our human minds. It's beyond our human wisdom. And we receive it through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, this is what Paul writes to his uh, church there to try and get them to understand. And he's talking about what their life is like now as new Christians. And he says, however, it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, that's us, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. That's what we want. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. 
For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Okay, that's a long paragraph, and you look at it, and you say, spirit this, and spirit that, and spirit this. And yeah, do you remember when we studied John, and we looked at John's testimony as an apostle who had received the Holy Spirit and lived out his life in such a way, and he goes, here's the thing you need to understand. Everything spirit. Everything about us is a spiritual thing. We need to put aside the things of the flesh, and we need to be thinking about eternal spiritual things. And what Paul's describing is to go, you need to understand the Holy Spirit speaks to you in spiritual terms. That's the way that he's going to guide you is through spiritual things. Like we come to him and we go, hey, this guy at work is ticking me off. Help me not to kill him, Lord. And that's a fleshly question, right? Probably good for some of us. But what the Holy Spirit wants for you more is more than that. The Holy Spirit goes, what I want to do is give you a love for the person that's at the office. I want to give you grace and mercy for the person. I'm going to change your spirit so that you don't have to filter your actions. You're actually a different person. That's what the spirit does. That's why the fruit of the spirit is not actions. It's characteristics. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I'm trying to change who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. And this part is hard for us because we want to look and go, well, what exactly does that look like? And when will it start and when will it end? And the Holy Spirit doesn't operate that way. And you want to know why? It's because we're trying to put our own mind on it and he goes, your mind can't conceive it. No human's mind can conceive this on their own. Our human wisdom will not be enough for the answer of our question of God guide us. It's not going to come from our minds. That's why we don't want to get out in front of him. It's going to come through the Holy Spirit working through us. We don't want to rely on our minds. We ask, but oftentimes what we do is go, I want to ask you to do this, Lord, but I would really like for you to do it in our way and in our timing. And he's telling you the Holy Spirit doesn't operate that way. And here's the other part that's important too. The Holy Spirit doesn't just give jobs. That's one of the things that I think we look at is we go, Holy Spirit, if he was guiding us and he was leading us, he'd just give me a lot of things to do. And I'm tired. And I can't take a whole lot of stuff. I'm the mom or the dad of little kids, and I got a job that's wearing me out, and I got more homework in school than I know what to do. And I just cannot handle 10 more things for the Holy Spirit to give me to do. And I'm afraid what it's going to do is give me a bunch of jobs. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. He's not a job finder for you. That's not what he does. That's not the way that he operates. He doesn't want, to, he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And that's a huge difference when we understand God. It's not that the Holy Spirit's going to go, go to work, go get this. I need you going over here, and I need you doing X, and I need you doing Y. And you need to get busy, and you need to work harder. That's not what he does. What he does is go, I want to give you a life of rest and peace in God, living out the eternal things that he made you to do. And there's rest in it. Now, he'll challenge you, and he'll convict you, and we're going to talk about that. But you need to understand, too, the life of walking with the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit is one of rest. It is one of rest. And he doesn't just give you a job, but he wants to bless you first. You will be the first one to be blessed. And then he'll equip you in every single way for you to do it. It's not about being busier, and it's not about working harder. It's about following and relying and leaning into and trusting the Spirit of God that is active in our lives. 
He'll take your circumstances, your gifts, your location, your job, where you are, who he puts around you, and what he'll do is he will marry those things to his own power, and through that, eternal things will change. That's how we expand the kingdom. That's how we push back darkness in this world. And it works in a lot of different ways. I want you to know, you're talking about this, you go, how do I know this? There's going to be a lot of ways. I'm going to give you an example of it here in just a minute. I'm going to have somebody come up and give you an example. But here's one of the things I want you to understand first. It will happen in a lot of different ways. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to limit the Spirit's activity in us based on our previous experience. In other words, what we don't want to be able to do is to go, I've never experienced that, so it doesn't exist. That's not the sort of people we want to be in following the Holy Spirit, okay? If you go, hey, listen, I don't know that I've ever heard from him. Maybe you didn't recognize it, and we can talk about how he guides us. But what we don't want to do is to go, the Holy, Holy Spirit can only do what I've ever experienced him doing. Boy, that is a limitation we don't want to put on the eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God, Amen. right? Okay, so let me show you something. I'm going to invite uh, John Rich up here, and I don't know if y'all have seen this before, uh, no, a bunch of you have. Can y'all put up the, the slide of those hearts? Do we have that? Yeah, uh, not that one. Go back one. There you go, that one. How many of y'all have one of those? Okay, look at the hands. How many of y'all have one of those? Do we? Let's see. If, I think this is working, John. I'll let you try it because if I try it. No? It's on. Give it one more try. Hello? Hello, everybody. Nope. 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 You want, what's that one? Now it's working. Now we're working. All right. Now we're working. Okay. Keep that up nice and tight. We're going to have a little conversation. Okay. I want you guys to understand something and the way that, that God works through our lives in so many different ways. Okay? So first of all, what we got up here is uh, some of these hearts, and you saw the number of people that have one of these right now. And the reason is because... John and Cheryl Rich um, have uh, really felt called by God to make these for all of the married couples here in this church. And so they've been having folks over to their house. Um, they're celebrating the covenant of marriage and what that means because uh, they know that it's something that honors God in a lot of ways. And so they've had a lot of people there. Uh, it, you know, John first came and talked to us about this. Uh, last year, I think about a year ago in October when it was right around our anniversary and he brought um, a couple of hearts to us. And, and these hearts, just so you know, they're interlocking. That's made from one piece of wood, from this. This is one piece of wood. And then through that, he makes these hearts uh, that are connected to one another and, and interlinked. So what I want to do is I want to get John to kind of share how the Holy Spirit works through things like this and what this does to help empower us for the kingdom. So first of all, it's a, it's a two-year-long story, uh, two-year-long. Not going to take two years to share it. It goes back two years, right? It goes back two years. How so many, if you how want many to, pages do you have Yeah, left? I don't have that many. Oh, I don't okay. have that many, not two years. If you would, kind of give them the idea of how this came to you. Okay. Oh, I've been working with wood, I think, all my life. Uh, in high school, I even built a canoe. Um, I built cradles for our grandkids, and... I, there's nothing more fun than getting out in the workshop and, and building something. And so August of 2021, over the course of about uh, two weeks, I had three dreams. The first one was about making interlocking circles. I'd never done that. 
But this dream was so clear that I told Cheryl about it. And, and the next day, I went out and started working on them. And, and I made a string that was about three feet, lo three feet long. I had a second dream uh, probably a week later that was about making something else. And some of you have seen it. Um, and then the third dream was really the most important. Again, very clear, it was about making these interlocking hearts. Again, I'd never done this kind of thing. So my first foray into this was to make uh, a string of hearts for our kids for Christmas that had husband, wife, and all the kids. And so I made four strings because we have four children. And then I made some hearts for friends and family. Um, and, and I thought, you know, as time went on, I thought, okay, we'll do this for our community group, and then we'll, we'll call it quits. You call it quits, yeah. Because my projects don't last this long. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so your dreams were not just to do this. It was, it, it, you had a dream on how to do this. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. you went to bed not knowing how to make this, and you woke up knowing how to make this. Right. Yeah. Melissa keeps hoping in, I have dreams like that. About but, stuff in the house, but, like but, how to fix the dishwasher, but you made the and one. How, to, how to vacuum and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, is it, that you, you would get instruction, divine instruction, right, from the Lord. So that's one of the things that happened there is you got just a, a dream that actually showed you how to do this, right? But at this right. time, you didn't know that this was actually the Holy Spirit at work in a plan. I didn't. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. How did that go? How did you figure out what this is supposed to become? I don't, I don't know... The Holy Spirit must have been really working on me in the middle of last year. Mm. And I don't know how that came about. It just, there's an urging, I think, from the Spirit that you don't realize. And uh, even Art was telling about an experience he had this morning in class. And uh, he used his hand and hit the back of his head and said, you know, it was like the Spirit was knocking him over the head. Maybe that's what it was with me, but... I came to Cheryl one morning about the middle of last year and said, I think the Spirit is urging us to celebrate all the marriages, not just our community group at church. This was dawning to me because I had timed how long it took to make these hearts. And at the time, it was three hours. The accountant in me <laughs> multiplied that out. 150 people, couples to celebrate. <laughs> Three hours apiece, yeah. Three hours apiece, that's a long time. Yeah. And as it went on, as I got to understand how to do it better and saw some efficiencies, I actually timed it not too many uh, weeks ago, and it was about 40 minutes that it takes me now. Wow. Yeah. So I'm way ahead. I'm about a month ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and have have names burned in and dates of marriages and um, you, you mentioned Cheryl said something well, when you told and that's, her that's yeah I have to look at my notes that's, that's all right um, when I told Cheryl that and this is where I thought maybe I would lose it she didn't hesitate she said we don't tell God no that's yeah that's the way that's the way to live right 
Yep. That's the way to live. Yeah, we don't tell God, yeah, to come to your spouse and go, hey, I feel like God's calling us to do this. Well, we don't tell God, no, we do that. Right. We do the things that he's called us to do. And so, and, and the interesting thing was, as you guys have talked about it, I know that you've discovered really that the Lord was working on Cheryl too, right? Yes, yes. And, and the funny part about that is she didn't realize it until about meal 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, you know, about the time you were having dreams about how to make these things, God was putting thoughts into my head. Spirit was putting thoughts into my head about, um, at first it was freezer meals for two. Normally we do takeout or a quick meal because we don't eat that much anymore. What she didn't realize is that those freezer meals for two were going to be turned into meals for ten, mm-hmm. yeah. or more in some cases. Yeah. Uh, she has a, a sign above her stove that says, I know how to cook, I just don't. <laughs> she still has that sign there. Yeah. <laughs> Except she does now, yes, in a big way. So y'all have decided to celebrate every marriage in the church, and they've started having people over to their houses, and so far you've had... How many Sunday afternoon meals? About today we'll make twenty-six meals and two hundred people. Uh, two hundred people. And, yeah. And the interesting part yeah. that I didn't share with you is we've had the children, you know, uh, couples that still have kids at home. We've had the children, and that has been a wonderful experience. And and I think part of that is the children we believe need to see. Uh, people, they need to see their parents and how their marriage is blessed. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that. My, the question I love to ask is, do you know how your parents met? And in some cases, they can, they can tell us. A lot of cases they can, but that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, I, when I asked John if he would come up and tell this, he said, on one condition, you come over to my house and let me walk you through doing one of these. <laughs> and so I, I did. As a matter of fact, that we, we got a photo of, of me there. Uh, we did have one. So that I have proof. The gremlins. There's, yeah, there's one. Well, there you go. See, look at, look at me hard at work there. And, and I believe John said that I was the best pupil that he's had from the Abs- church to absolutely, come over and do Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm the only pupil that he's had. Yeah, I'm the only pupil that he's had over there. But I still have... He's a quick learner. I have all my fingers still. And we ended up making one uh, that was there. And he got to help me. And the funny thing is, and this is the way the Holy Spirit works too. So gives you the, the, uh, the knowledge to be able to do this. He already had a garage full of equipment to be able to do this. But then the interesting thing is, as we're doing each part of that, John's going, you know, this is just like marriage in this, and this is just like marriage in this. All of the conversation, every step of turning this into two hearts was a conversation and going, it's like marriage in this way. It's like marriage in this way. And so what's happened is the Holy Spirit's taken hold and going, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you. So if you would, share a few of the things that, that while we were making this that... Okay. That, that you guys have learned and you've, you've been able to put together with it. Every time you cut into a piece of wood, you're putting some stresses on that wood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it, how it is with our marriages. We have stresses that we learn to uh, deal with and work with. And so part, part of what 
I'm very cognizant of is the final product is not polished. It's sanded some, but it's not polished because God's still working on us. And I don't know what else you want to Oh, my to goodness. That's part of it where I was trying to do some things oh, here. Oh, we goes, get in each other's way. We get in each other's way. <laughs> yeah, he's going, yeah, sometimes in marriage we get in each other's way. And we have to yeah. be patient with some of that. There's no doubt. Well, and in addition to that, this is another thing that I want to talk about that we, we shared is, is when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of you, when God grabs hold of you and gives you a job and wants to start per- pushing you towards something that will bless the church and bless the world, you can bet the enemy's going to want a piece of this. And so you've kind of mentioned a couple of things there. This, this first picture that y'all put up, if y'all can put that other one back up there, the, uh, not, the other one, there you go, that one. What's that? Okay, you know how most pictures in the art world, this is not art, but um, have, a long, have a short title. This one has a long title, and, and my title I've given it is Satan Doesn't Want Us celebra- Celebrating Marriages Pile. That's right. This is all the hearts that had a flaw, the wood had a flaw in them, that as I was using the drill press or the uh, belt sander or the whatever tool I was using, a piece would break off, so I'd have to throw it in the pile. Mm-hmm. Satan does not want us celebrating marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And it's coming in different ways of frustration and hardship and... Uh, ways for you to do this, right? I mean, there's, there's the, yeah. the, the hardship of the meals all the time. There's the hardship of making all of these. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that can hit but, you. But we're a team. But you're a team. That's right. That's <laughs> but, right. but one of the things that we, we believe Satan threw our way is about four or five meals in, we got an urgent call from um, friends in Dallas and we spent four weekends, actually three weekends, going back and forth to Dallas. And then weekend four and five, I spoke at two different funerals, uh, death of one of our friends and the death of my stepmom. And when we got to getting back to having meals and having people over, it was stressful because we'd, we'd kind of forgotten how the groove that we were in. What have you learned through all of this more than anything? Oh, I kept adding stuff even <laughs> when you were talking this morning. I got up at 3 o'clock and added one more thing. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take them in the order that I've got them. I don't think we realize a lot of the times how the Spirit is trying to work on us or is working in our lives. So pay attention. Uh, The second one was, the Holy Spirit is not going to give you a job without equipping you. This is one I added at 3 o'clock. I've said this to a number of people, and I just had not added it to the list until it kind of hit me in the head again. It's not these hearts that are important. It's the fact that God celebrates your marriage, and we should too. Mm Mm-hmm. Every week we see that the Spirit brings the people together that should be there. We don't understand it, but when we finish a meal and we're cleaning up, we're just blown away by the stories we've heard and the empathy everyone has for each other. 
Um, and yesterday we had someone that called and said, hey, all this time and we, we can't be there. And the Spirit gave me a name and, and called and we've got that spot filled. Yeah, yeah. So that's been wonderful. And I mentioned it before, Cheryl and I work well as a team. That's one thing we've learned. I guess we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were blessed each week. I said that. Um, Cheryl likes to say, all Jesus asks is for us to bring our loaves and fishes. Amen. And he blesses and he gives the increase. There you go. Hang on here for a minute. I'm going to pray over you. Let me just close out with this. It, it, John had a dream that guided him towards something that blesses the church. The reason that you know that this is not just spicy food dream is because, right, you eat too much spicy food and you have a weird dream. This, that's not what this was. The reason is because it helps expand the church. It glorifies the body of Christ, and it seems to go right in hand with what the Holy Spirit and the Heavenly Father want to do. That's our test with these things, right? Is when you get this and you go, so I had a dream, and the dream is for me to bless marriages at this church. Does that sound like the Lord? You go, yeah, that sounds like him. That's something that he would like. Marriage is really important to him. It's supposed to be gospel-centered and gospel-shaped. And that's what's supposed to happen in our marriages. And so this guidance is something that matters. Now, not everybody's going to have a dream. I'm not telling you this to say everybody's going to have a dream and whatever you dream you should do. I'm not saying that. The Holy Spirit's going to talk to us in a lot of different ways, guide us in a lot of different ways. But I do want to tell you something. I've, I've got a friend who's been a, a missionary in Greece for a long time. And there are people from the Muslim world that have been refugees coming into Greece, and they come with the same story, hundreds of them, thousands of them, that are going, I had a dream about a man in white. Do you know the man in white? And they'll come into the church. And they'll come in and say, I had a dream about a man in white who says his name is Jesus. Do you know about this man? And so time and time again, he said, people are coming in with dreams of Jesus calling them. And it has provided the opportunity for us to tell them about Christ. Time and time again, our Heavenly Father, through His Holy Spirit, is active in this world. Amen. He is active. That doesn't mean everybody's going to have dreams like that. But I promise you, the Holy Spirit wants to take where He's put you and what you are able to do and marry it to His mission to bring all things under the Lordship of Christ. And He will show you how to be a part of that. Let's pray. If you would stand with me, I'm going to pray over John, and then we're going to sing. We're going to worship for a little bit. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for your Holy Spirit's work. I thank you that you have taught us uh, that we need him. And so, Lord, as a church, help us desire him. Help us listen to him. Help us look for him. Uh, Lord, uh, come to us in dreams, in our brothers and sisters in Christ, in Scripture, uh, in other people to guide us into the things that would lead us more to being your people. I thank you for John and Cheryl just for answering a call. May we all be people who say we don't say no to God because the blessing that will come from that. Thank you for blessing their marriage first and then all of ours. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we ask that we would come to know all of the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of the Heavenly Father, and the power of the Spirit. And it is through their names that we pray. Amen.